the call of a loon on quiet water. The sound of a lonely two-stroke outboard in the distance and the smell of pines. Standing on the end of a dock at sunrise on Minnesota lakes, it's just part of the lure of cabin life. At one time, Minnesota was home to more than 5,000 family-run resorts. Think about that, 5,000. Now, we are down to fewer than 1,000. But you know what? Chris Whitty and his wife took a chance. They left corporate life in the big city behind to build a new life in the woods. Today, the story of Clearwater Historic Lodge and Whitty's passion for a big-time change in life. Yep, cabin life. It's just something in us, right, as Minnesotans, getting away to a quiet place on water. I've been doing it my entire life, and my partner in crime today, my guest Chris Whitty, he knows all about that lifestyle. Chris, <laughs> when did you start going to cabins? I started going to cabins as a very young child. My uh, my grandparents would rent uh, about five of them every summer, and my entire family and my cousins, aunts and uncles would all go spend at least a week or two at the lake. And, you know, as, as people who have done that know, it's a, it's a wonderful time. It's memories, it's time together. And it's, it's just something really special. Where was that? What lake? It was actually on Speck Lake um, or Spectacle Lake, I guess they, it, it would, is the, 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 true name we call it spec because it's the one we went to as kids but it's uh just a little bit west of actually right between cambridge and princeton and minnesota right 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 in the middle do you remember anything about the cabins like uh I, rem- I don't know the way the floor squeaked or the smell did it have a fireplace to it do you remember any of that stuff i remember the smell and uh I don't, I don't want to say musty because that's not my memory, but it, it had a, a lived in <laughs> aroma and you just knew, you know, when you got there that you'd arrived and, um, yeah, that's, that's something special. I remember, you know, a big thing for me was when my grandma was still alive playing cards at night and making fun of the funny phrases she would say it was like we got a lot of good gravies and oh for oh for pete (laughs) oh for pete (laughs) was there a specific game you guys like to play you know i don't even remember which ones they were because they were always teaching us every time you know my my grandma knew pretty much every card game known to man and she would patiently or or sometimes impatiently teach us to play it again um we probably always ended up on uno because that's (laughs) (laughs) that's the one we could all stick to (laughs) draw two (laughs) all right so those were memories growing up you become a big guy you and i meet in the corporate outdoor world Mm -hmm. and it was funny because at one point very shyly 
as I remember, you asked like, hey, maybe we should go winter camping sometime. Do you ever take people <laughs> like me winter camping? I think that's how the conversation went. I, I think it was pretty close to that. There was probably a little more coercion than, than, than you're uh, letting on, but yeah. <laughs> and we set off on a grand adventure to a place called Clearwater Lake. What do you remember about that trip? You know, I remember, uh, I remember I was pretty green at what we were going to be doing. And so I was almost, uh, I was, I was at that point, uh, more of a follower than a leader by, by no stretch of the imagination. Um, I remember stopping in, uh, at the outfitter in two harbors. And I remember just what a cool shop that guy had. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, right when you walked in just all of the unique up North, uh, utility outdoor gear that they had. And I remember, you know, I was a little overwhelmed at first. Well, one, you're on camera, but two, um, just trying to take in like, okay, what are we really getting ourselves into? And, you know, I remember looking at the huge map that he had laid out um, in the back room where he was kind of showing us, this is where you guys are going to go in. This is where you're going to go to. And, um, and at that point it was just, I mean, a ton of anticipation. And, um, you know, I remember um, <laughs> getting ready at the, the boat landing and, being like, I hope I didn't forget anything because we're, you know, we're not going to, if I did, it's too late now. And, mm -hmm. and then, and then once we got going, I remember you said something like, welcome to wilderness boys. And at that point, I, I, I realized that, you know, we had crossed into the boundary waters and there was, there were no cabins it was quiet. The only sound was our snowshoes. Um, I remember these huge, um, well, I would have called them mountains at the time. Now I call them palisades, but just these big rock outcroppings that we would walk out and around. And it was, uh, it, it was, uh, eye opening, you know, and, you know, just the, the effort it took us to get there, the, the time that we got to spend just, you know, conversing, talking smart and hanging out and, and the fishing that was, that wasn't so bad either. No, the lake trout fishing was wonderful. That trip as I remember it. Yeah. Yep. In fact, at some point I remember us having a shovel of trout. <laughs> yeah. We didn't really think of bringing the platter. So it was a, it was a shovel. And they were delicious. We were hungry. Well, yeah, we were. That was quite a trip. It was a ton of fun. You slept in a snow cave. Uh, just all kinds of great memories from that trip, including a little sidebar. When I don't know if you remember this, but photojournalist Nick Clausen at the time, he and I had to get out to get to another shoot. I think the next day I was out towards Ely and we were thinking like, gosh, we're going to get up in the morning. We're going to 
clean up camp. You know, it's going to take us half a day to get back out. Then we've got to drive all the way over. And then we, so we decided to pull out the night before. Yep. And we started hiking out at like <laughs> 10 o'clock at night. And that was such a bizarre night for me because the headlamps had transitioned to like LED type light. And we were walking into the snow that was falling. So it just left you dizzy. Um, and it was just hour after hour. And I can remember Nick saying, do, do, you, do you know where we're going? <laughs> yeah, an end at some point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we got to the truck and then I, we packed up and we drove out and it's like two in the morning uh, and we're driving down the Gunflint Trail and I see these dark spots on the road and I'm thinking, that's really weird. Like the snow melted there. And all of a sudden I realized there are four moose bedded down right in the middle of the Gunflint. Yep. What a trip that was. So anyways, those are memories. A good trip. But meantime, you're working in the Twin Cities. You're living the life. Yep. And then I get a call at some point from one of our good friends that says, did you hear about Chris? So I'm thinking, oh, no. What now? And I said, he <laughs> bought a lodge on the Gunflint Trail. And sure enough, you bought a lodge. Like, what What happened? <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, I will try to condense the story, but um, I. it started on uh, the back patio with my, my now wife. Um, actually talking about, she, she's a finance, finance person. And so she was talking about retirement and all these things. And I was thinking in my head, how many more years I have until I can retire. And, and, you know, I don't ex remember exactly what I said, but the, the gist of it was, man, I got to find something else to do. I don't, I, I'm not looking forward to another 15 years of, of what I've been doing for the last 30 hmm. or 20 or whatever it is. And, um, you know, so we threw out ideas. My, my, my wife has always wanted to do like a bed and breakfast and that's always been on her bucket list. And so I said, um, you know, and then, you know, so, automatically a resort comes to mind for me and we're just we're literally just having a beer and just talking and i brought up a resort and um you know me bill i'm not i'm not really a type a i, I like the idea of a lot of things but uh, when it comes to execution i'm a little i'm a little slower than most my wife however takes things and runs with them and so before I know it, she's in touch with resort realtors and, you know, getting, um, you know, profit and loss statements and things from people that have resort for sale. And so, um, and it was just still fun at that time. So we, you know, we looked at probably about, I don't know, 10 to 15 different resorts that were for sale in Minnesota. And I'd kind of come to the conclusion where, you know what, I don't think this is a good, a good play. Let's. Uh, let's table it. And I remember telling her that, and I, it was like, I took her birthday away. And, 
And so this kind of went on and she, you know, she doesn't drop things. She would still kind of drop hints. And um, it turns out that I have a friend who's kind of in the commercial real estate business up in the, well, all over the Midwest, but uh, in Grand Marais as well. And I talked to him and he said, you know, I know a guy up here that is looking to sell his resort. It's not listed, but um, I think I should put you two in touch. And I was like, well, okay, yeah, what harm could it do? So we got on the phone, um, you know, kind of looked through their, their business. And he said, um, you know, <clears throat> why don't you guys come up here? You know, I can tell you all this stuff over the phone, but unless you come up and, and uh, kind of see what it's like, you're never really going to know. So we're like, okay, well, that's a great way to spend a weekend. So uh, we went up. Um, and kind of did a day in the life with these, with, with the, the folks that were, that owned it and were running it. And, you know, by day two, I was completely exhausted and I'm like, yeah, there's no way we're going to do this. Wow. I, you know, I'm, I'm tired. And, uh, because you're doing was, what? Well, if you're go you start at 6am and you're maybe done at 7:30 to eight, if you're lucky. And you're running constantly, and 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 you know. Remember this: I was, I'm, I'm still working an office job in the Twin Cities. So, hmm. you know, you show up in the morning and you you leave, you know, in the afternoon, and you don't think about it anymore. Whereas, you know, a resort at this resort, it's just a constant. Uh, you know, there's constant activity. There's always something to do, and. And so I remember just being exhausted the night before we were going to leave. And the next morning, Anne had woke up before I did, and she made some coffee and was sitting down on the dock. We were staying in one of the cabins. And I came out with my coffee, and I kind of looked down, and she turned around and came up. And the, the water was glass, and there was a mist coming off. There were two loons. I think, I think the guy placed them there off the dock, calling. <laughs> And I saw her face as she was coming back up to the cabin. And I'm like, oh, shoot, we're doing this. Wow. And that's, that's where it started. And that's, that's how it happened. And that was how long ago now? That was last fall. So last, I think, I think we went up in September. Yeah, last September. And we... We're, we officially own the place by March. And on what lake is said resort? Excuse me, Lodge. <laughs> well, it, it's funny because, well, it's on Clearwater Lake. Which, the very place we go, went winter camping <laughs> in a state exactly. of more than 10,000 lakes. But I digress. Exactly. Keep going. Well, the funny thing is, is as we were doing this and as we, we went up and looked at it and I was like, um, as I looked out from shore, there were these big rock ledges and I'm like, man, those must be all over up here. Cause I remember <laughs> those from, from our winter camping trip. Wow. <laughs> and then, um, Ann and I were sitting in our living room. In fact, so our, our friend Troy gave me a picture of me pulling my sled on our winter camping trip in front of 
what we now know are the Clearwater Palisades. And I was looking at that picture and I said, Ann, I think this is the lake I went winter camping on. And sure enough, she looks up the old episode of the show we did. And in that big map room at the Two Harbors Outfitter, he's walking us through and you can see it on the video where he's putting his finger under Clearwater Lake. And so there we, there we are. Unbelievable. (laughs) Now it's home. I I am not, I'm not being facetious, but you took a jump that so many people have dreamed of, Mm -hmm. but can never actually turn it into a reality. I mean, what a drastic change in lifestyle. Oh yeah. It's been, it's been monumental, um, in a good way. Um, you know, just, um, you know, once you get over the hump and you commit, that's, that, that's what, you know, that's where most people, that's where I've stalled, you know, many times in life is I'm, I'm on the precipice, but I'm not going to jump. And, um, for Ann and I, we both came to that precipice and I think combined, I wouldn't have jumped on my own. She wouldn't have jumped on her own, but together we saw the possibilities and we just said, let's do it. And, and once you say that, you can't look back. You, All right. you just go forward. All right. I w- we have to, talk about a couple of sponsors here who make the podcast happen. But after that, I want to ask you about a post that I saw online when I was doing some research. There is a quote um, that I think is very telling about your place and the Gunflint Trail. Chris Whitty is my guest today. I'm Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. This is the Minnesota Bound podcast, the stories behind the stories. And we have a bunch of sponsors who help us uh, get to you every week. Up first, we'd like to thank Connecticut. Everyone knows how much my family loves Connecticut water. We have it in our home, and this summer we added it at the cabin. (laughs) And oh boy, what a difference. Really, for as long as I can remember, we've dealt with that cabin water, that Minnesota stinky, foul well water. Well, After a painless four-hour installation, we have Connecticut soft water and also Connecticut's K5 drinking system. No more bottled water to try and make our coffee in the morning before fishing. We have great drinking water right out of the K5 tap. The laundry no longer smells funny, and Connecticut water also cleaned up our showers and dishes. The world's most efficient worry-free water system. Visit Connecticut.com to find a dealer near you and join the Connecticut family. Also, we'd like to give a shout out to our good friends at Star Bank. Also, we'd like to thank our friends at Star Bank. 
Hi there, Ron Shera here for Star Bank. If you're putting your money into mega banks down the street, who knows where that money's being used? Bank locally. Keep your money local with a community bank that actually cares about you, your family, your business, and your goals. Check out the bank we use at Minnesota Bound. Try Minnesota's own Star Bank. You can find them online at starbank.net. When you call Star Bank, you actually hear a real living person answering the phone. StarBank has 10 convenient locations around Minnesota to serve you and all the mobile banking products that you need to manage your money. Check out all that StarBank has to offer at StarBank.net. Remember FDIC, an equal housing lender. So Chris Whitty left life in the big city behind and bought a historic lodge up on Minnesota's remote gun flint trail um, in a time when a lot of family-run resorts are going away. Chris decided to go just the opposite direction, which I find um, just scary and absolutely wonderful. And Chris, in, in doing a little research on the Clearwater Historic Lodge, I came upon a Boundary Waters post um, talking about back when the place was for sale. And you had all these regulars talking about, oh, geez, the end of an era, crying out loud, all the, you know, history is gone. And as I followed that post, you know, you sort of file through the pages, you can tell where the ownership had changed. Now all the posts, in fact, are saying, oh, things are great. Next chapter, you know. This lodge over here, they changed ownership. We thought it was going to be awful, but no, it's a new legacy. I think that is awesome that people are kind of over changes inevitably perceived as negative, right? This is a new chapter for a very historic place. Talk about the lodge a little bit. Well, I mean, the lodge has been around since 1926. You know, when you're talking about, you know, the people that are worried when there's an ownership change, I mean, there's probably, don't quote me, but I'll be close. There's probably been about 10 ownership changes since 1926 when the place was uh, completed. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, there's families who, you know, Ann and I have met this summer who um, have been coming to Clearwater Lodge for, over 40 years. It's, it's their family's summer week vacation, just like, you know, I was talking about when I was a kid. And so to them, that's their resort. That's, that's their lodge. Yes, it is. And, 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 um, you know, I think that, you know, whenever there's a change, you just don't know what to expect. You don't know is, uh, you know, are we going to come in and put in a bunch of water trampolines and a, uh, you know, a, a water park or, you know, mm. all these different things that people are like, there's a reason I've, I'm coming here. And it's the, you know, they like the simplicity of the place. They like, uh, you know, the historic nature. They like the solitude. They like that, there's not cabins stacked on cabins stacked on cabins that you know when when you're when you're in your when you're in your spot it's your spot and it feels that way and they come back and rent the same cabin year after year after year and they just you know 
to them, it's a legacy. It's something they look forward to. So, of course, I think there's going to be fear of, okay, how is this going to change? And, um, you know, that was one of the things that we kind of worked through with our our guests this summer and, you know, getting to know those people who, you know, this is their summer vacation home, you know, that, you know, we love it too. <laughs> we love it. There's a reason we, we decided to purchase it. There's a reason we decided to invest here. And, you know, we want to keep, you know, the same things that you love about the place are what we want to maintain. Yeah. And, you know, I think once they get to know, once people got to know us um, and, and kind of saw what we were about, a lot of the, you know, um, a lot, if not all of that uh, um, worry, you know, dissipated. Yeah. That's a heavy toll on your shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, the funny thing is, is, you know, and I think, I don't know, it must, I think it's different at, at, different resorts and different lodges. It must be, but um, it became clear, you know, yes, we own this resort. Yes, we run it. Yes, we are, you know, we're invested in it, but um, we're also caretakers in our guest eyes. We're caretakers. You know, they want, they want to know that we love it as much as they do and that we're going to care for it as much as they want us to. And uh, that was, evident early on and you know i think it's unique because you know there's not a lot of resorts that you know that are the you know you know a century resort that's been that's still up and running after 100 years and you yeah, know, let's talk about the history I'm, I'm i'm really intrigued by the history of the lodge obviously in the business i'm in we are constantly visiting resorts and they all have a story to tell but yours starts with the gentleman by the name of charlie boostrom who was yep. charlie so charlie um is originally from malacca minnesota and um you know from all that i've read all that i've heard you know has the a wanderlust bug and um you know wants to and does you know eventually end up uh in grand marais and then north of there um he originally um again this is through what i've read um got up there to uh guide an outfit for a prospector and it sounds like the prospector didn't last the year and left and charlie stayed and, um, you know, at the time, the Gunflint Trail was a trail. There was, there was no road. You walked the Gunflint Trail. And, you know, I'm not – and um, <clears throat> so he spent his time up there. He spent his time um, trapping. And, you know, that's really how he accumulated money was trapping. And then eventually – um, guiding and outfitting people out of Grand Marais. So he would literally walk the trail. So you know, right now, as the crow flies, we're about 30 miles from Grand Marais. And it takes us about 35 to 40 minutes to drive the Gunflint Trail to get to Grand Marais. Charlie would walk it often. Um, he'd walk down it to get his mail. 
he'd walk down to get clients to guide them back up to stay, you know, at his outfitting camp. Um, he would, I mean, it was, it was walking. I, he was, he was just a hardcore man and, uh, fell in love with the place. Um, you know, you know, I also at the time, you know, there were indigenous people that, you know, populated most of what is now what we call the Gunflint Trail. So, you know, he had relations with them, learned from them. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of books written on it. When I say a lot, I've probably seen about three or four. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty fascinating stuff to think that, you know, just a hundred years ago, still in Minnesota was I mean, it's still it's wilderness, but man, a hundred years ago, it was really wilderness. And he eventually built. Yep. Yeah. He built, um, you know, through his, uh, he started out on a, on a different lake up there, but knew, uh, you know, the, the country, like I'm sure the back of his hand and chose um, Clearwater Lake, chose the spot. It said because of the views um, down the lake, which are spectacular. Um, you know, saved up money, you know, trapping and, and was able to, uh, you know, start to buy parcels of land where, you know, now Clearwater Lodge and, and, uh, um, exists. And, you know, he put it together, started out and, you know, he started officially guiding people and outfitting, you know, people that would come up to camp and, and fish, uh, in 1915. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then by 1926, he had completed what is now and still standing uh, Clearwater Lodge. Which is a beautiful wooden structure. I'm guessing yeah. the floors creak a little bit. <laughs> you you drop about three foot in elevation from one side of it to the other. I may be exaggerating, but it's you, you got to have your sea legs to walk across the floor. And, and Which is part of the you, reason we come. Yeah, I, it's, I love it. You, you, the doors have been, you can see they get shaved and shimmed every year. I'm sure we'll be doing it again when we get up, uh, uh, when we start opening for spring. But um, the, uh, the thing that most hits you, <clears throat> we were talking about aromas um, earlier. Uh, you know, when you walk, as soon as you walk in the door, there's a hundred years of wood smoke just in the good kind yes, <laughs> in the walls. Absolutely. You, you smell it immediately as you come in and it just, it, to me, it's like fresh baked cookies, which we also have too, but the wood smoke is uh, wonderful. All right. We need to take another break. We need to thank a few sponsors, but after I want to talk about life at the lodge, what people come to do, you know, what, what are becoming your favorite parts of the place up there? Um, cause it's a pretty special lake for sure. Bill Shirk here. You're listening to the Minnesota bound podcast. The stories behind the stories, my good friend, Chris Whitty of Clearwater historic lodge and outfitting is our guest today. You know, we say it every week. Thank you so much to all the sponsors who help make the Minnesota Bound podcast happen. First, the Minnesota Propane Association. 
Most people agree that we need to lower our carbon footprint while providing reliable and affordable energy. A diverse energy mix will provide reliability and affordability, which is extremely important during Minnesota's four distinct seasons. Fortunately, a clean energy solution for tomorrow is available today. That's ready to work alongside with other energy sources, and it's propane. Propane produces 43% fewer emissions than electricity generated from the U.S. grid. Propane is energy stored on site and independent from the vulnerabilities of the grid. And propane's benefits don't end there. Major advances are being made today for renewable propane that is compatible with the traditional propane and requires no additional infrastructure investments. Minnesota needs to use all our low-carbon alternatives, including propane, to safely provide energy, reliability, resiliency, and affordability. Propane, the right energy right now. To find out more about what propane can do for you, visit propane.com. Also, we'd like to thank the Minnesota Historical Society. You know, right now, the History Forum is back at the Minnesota History Center. Since 2004, the History Forum has explored American history with some of the nation's very best scholars. That tradition now continues in 2023 with five events highlighting the diversity and excellence of today's historical scholarship. In-person and virtual tickets are available at mnhs.org slash history forum. A lot of people travel north to explore the Gunflint Trail every summer. summer. And, and a lot of people really come for their own reasons. But Chris, at the Lodge, what, why are people coming to see you guys? You know, it's interesting. There's a, a quite a, um, <clears throat> excuse me, quite a difference in the kind of guests that we get. Um, because we're running uh, the Lodge uh, Cabins Resort, business and then also the outfitting business um you you get uh quite a diverse group of people so the people that are coming out to stay at the lodge and stay in the cabins i would say primarily are coming up they're looking for solitude they're looking for some serenity um you know getting unplugged none of our cabins um especially well none of our historical cabins anyway have wi-fi so you literally are completely unplugged when you when you drive up to that cabin and and move in for the week. Um, so you know, as I've seen, you know, we'll have people that'll come in, they check in, and we won't see them for seven days. And as they leave, they tell us we had a wonderful time. Thank you so much. And all we did was provide the spot and you know, and and you know, the opportunity for them just to get away from whatever life they they were tr- trying to vacation from for, for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the other groups are, you know, because we're a, a boundary waters, canoe area, wilderness outfitter. Um, we are, you know, preparing groups that are going out from, you know, we, we service every entry point on the Gunflin trail. So, you know, in some cases, they'll come in and they just want a shuttle ride. They've got all their own equipment and we take them to where they're going. They've been going there for the last 30 years. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, we'll have other groups that are first timers and they just want to experience it. And, you know, we're, they're, you know, they'll come in and, you know, we fully outfit them with all the gear, canoes, food. Um, we, you know, we help them out with route planning 
you know, what's the, you know, the best place to stay. Here's some great campsites to look for. And, you know, they're, they're the adventure group. They, they want to come in and experience, uh, BWCA epic adventure. And, you know, and then there's, you know, there's just folks that fall in the middle on the spectrum too, but, um, you know, they, it's, it's people that, that just want to get away and experience something awesome and unique. Fishing? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting in the groups, everybody fishes that, you know, that comes in. I mean, it's, that's not unique, but I would not say we're a fishing resort. Um, there's a, you know, Clearwater Lake is well known for, you know, great populations and great sizes of lake trout and smallmouth bass. Um, and we have people that come up, especially in the spring, to target those specifically. Um, then we have people that, you know, use Clearwater as a base camp to, you know, you know, go for walleye and northern pike and, you know, some of the adjacent lakes. Um, so, yeah, fishing is, is a big element. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a full spectrum of people that we get. In winter, you keep just a few cabins open. Is that right? Yeah, we have um, <clears throat> two cabins that are winterized. Winterized in that you know we can the the water runs and the, the sewer works and and there are actually two of our premium cabins and so w- those we rent out uh, similar to VRBO. So guests will show up, we'll give them a keypad keypad uh, code, and they go in and you know have the place to themselves for their duration of their stay, and then they head home. Skiing, cross-country skiing. Cross-country, yeah, snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, snowmobiling. You know, we do get, I mean, the best time, not the, well, a great time to catch lake trout is winter. Mm. And, you know, Clearwater Lake is a great destination for winter uh, lake trout ice fishing as well. So, yeah, we'll definitely get uh, folks that come up and want to do that as well. All right. Now the tough question. Minnesota is losing all its family-run resorts. You guys are the definition now of that. Can you make ends meet? I mean, can this tradition continue in Minnesota? Absolutely. Um, I think the, the key to it is, as is a lot of things, um, tradition and passing it on to next generations. Um, you know, it's, it's the same as hunting and fishing legacies that, you know, if we want those to continue, we need to, you know, encourage participation of, um, younger folks. And, you know, that's what has been happening. And I continue to see happening, uh, at Clearwater. I've seen, you know, this summer, I've seen, you know, the grandparent generation who've been coming and bringing their kids there for 40 years and now their grandkids and their great grandkids. And I've also seen, you know, the, the younger um, couples and families that are coming up and say, yeah, my, my dad used to take me up here or my grandpa took me up here. And this place is very special to us as well. Um, I think that, you know, creating the, 
creating the environment where that summer vacation magic, family magic can happen is how family resorts, family owned resorts continue uh, into the future. And I would argue that some of that has to do with your location. Because you guys are still as wild as Minnesota gets. Absolutely. Um, that, um, you know, that is definitely a huge part of the attraction of, of where we are. Cause it's unique. You can't, you can't, um, you can't experience what you can on the Gunflint trail anywhere else in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And that unique aspect of it definitely, um, is a, is a positive for those of us who, uh, are running you know those resort businesses up there all right so if people want to learn more about the resort and find details what's what's their best way to do that the best way is just to go online um it's uh clearwaterhistoriclodge.com and um you know you can get all the information that uh, you know on the resort on our outfitting services and you know um route planning, uh, trip planning, guidance, and just, you know, get a sense for what we're about in our history. If you want to learn more about, you know, Charlie Boostrom and, and you know, kind of where we started to where we ended up today, it's a great place to find some of that information out. Well, you're living the dream. <laughs> and there are a lot of, I, I suspect a lot of people are listening going, they did it. We talked about it. They did it. It's an amazing story, really. Thank you, Bill. Um, before I go, I just want to ask you this. Is there a favorite part of the resort? Something you've fallen in love with? One of the cabins that's a favorite? A part of the lodge? A, a view from a dock? I mean, is there something that kind of calls you now? You know, I, you know, as a, as a you know a former i guess manager um when my staff is clicking and all the pieces are in place and i can step back and just watch the watch it all happen and actually step back and and instead of you know having my nose to the grindstone and instead see the guests and talk to them and see the expressions on their faces and the things that um, you know, the memories that they're making, the just the happiness that they get from being um, being there, that's huge. I mean, there's lots of little things. You know, I love, you know, I love going, I, it's my job to clean out the fish cleaning station every day. Brilliant. So I love, I love going through there at night and seeing what people have caught and, you know, seeing what's in the bucket and, and whatever. But, you know, there's tons of little things that I'm sure people can imagine. But you know, the biggest thing for me is when everything's clicking and I just see happiness and joy, you know, on people's faces that, that are there. And, you know, I really, I feel like Ann and I are, you know, doing our small part to, uh, you know, to provide that experience. So I'd say that's probably the best. Well, congrats and enjoy your rest time because before you know it the ice will be going out and you guys are going to be 
busy bees in the north woods i'm sure of it we can't we we can't wait thank you my friend all right it's good to catch up chris thanks for the stories chris witty of clearwater historic lodge and outfitters wow what a tale well i'm bill shirk the man about the woods there you go the stories behind the stories what a tale um you know, before I go, I want to thank a couple of the sponsors who help make the Minnesota Bound podcast happen every week. Of course, the podcast presented by Connecticut. Also, our good friends at the Minnesota Propane Association, Star Bank, and the Minnesota Historical Society. Thanks again. And until next week, don't forget to introduce a kid to the great outdoors. Mm-hmm.